morning rituals and the habit of success on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by ConvertKit, the ultimate list building, tagging, and segmentation tool. To find out how ConvertKit can change your business and double your profits, go to servedomaster.com backslash ConvertKit today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Lately, I've been looking for episode ideas and inspiration more and more from Quora, which, as I mentioned in a previous episode, is a website that very frequently people ask the same questions. It's where you go to ask questions about business and life and anything, and a lot of businesses make their entire living, their entire source of traffic is Quora. They just answer questions all the time that lead people back to their website. So it's a very powerful marketing platform. Yahoo Answers used to be the same thing, but Quora's really taken over the last few years. And what's really great is you can subscribe to the categories or topics you like. And on my feed, the same questions pop up over and over and over again. Over and over and over again, I see a couple of questions. I have $1,000, how do I start a business online? Very common question over and over and over again. But what I see even more than that are questions about habits, success, and morning rituals. Like how do you start your day for a pattern of success? So as I'm sitting here at five in the morning on the dot recording this podcast episode, I thought I could help to explain and help you develop a morning ritual that's very effective. There are certain things that we do when we start working for ourselves. We no longer work in an office that can very much hinder our success online. Now, you no longer have to get up at the same time every single day. Many entrepreneurs, many online marketers get up at a random time every single day. I have friends who get up at two in the afternoon. I have friends who get up at 6 in the morning and everywhere in between. This morning I woke up at 4 a.m. I've been up for an hour already, kind of letting some ideas swirl. And the first decision is, are you going to have an alarm? Are you going to have a time that you get up every single day? For a long time, I didn't have this, and really I only started building a little bit of structure in my life as I got to the second kid. Even with the first kid, we were pretty fast and loose about bedtimes and everything, but with two kids, you just can't get away with that. It's a lot. You have to be a lot more strict and a lot more structured because children really need those sleep cycles. So for me, I wake up around the same time every day. I usually wake up sometime between four and seven. Very rarely do I wake up all the way as late as seven. It's funny, when I was younger, I used to dread the idea of waking up that early. Now I'm awake way before seven all the time. Five in the morning, it's just the first hint of that pre-sunrise in front of me. And I'm up recording this special episode for you. I'm not a big believer in the necessity of an alarm clock, but it depends how much structure you need. You may very well need to start with some very specific structure and wake up at a specific time and have everything tied to a clock. There are certain things about my day that are very, very structured. I wake up a little bit loosely, but I'm always working by 6 or 6.30. Every morning at 7.30, I have breakfast. At noon, I have dinner, and at 5 p.m., at noon, I have lunch, and at 5 p.m., I have dinner every single day. I'm very structured, so I do have waypoints that are very specific. Every day at 3 p.m., I stop working to do something athletic with the family, go in the water usually, almost always in the water. Occasionally, I ride my exercise bike if it's raining or something else. More and more in the mornings, I've started to 
add in a little bit of exercise. I'm changing a little bit of my regime. Lately, I've been doing kettlebell or yoga DVDs. I don't really have the patience for an entire like one hour yoga session. I wish I did, I used to do that, but I've been, I haven't done yoga in so long that I'm rebuilding, but a nice 20 minute session kind of warms up the body and gets things going. I do recommend starting your day with some light exercise. It activates your body, it gets the blood flowing. You don't even need to break a sweat. Even if you just go for a little bit of a walk, it's very tempting to slip in the morning straight from bed into the chair. And I'm so tempted to do that because I sometimes just want to jump into work. I woke up a couple hours ago. I woke up at two in the morning at first and I needed to check something on the computer and actually I had to send a few Skype messages and because I, I noticed that one of my Skypes was frozen. And that's always a problem. It meant I'd missed a bunch of messages which turned out to be true when I restarted it. And I was tempted to jump on the email and then I go, no, if I start emailing now, then my day, it'll be thrown off. Some of my work days do start at 2 a.m. So when you start your morning, you want to have a few things in place. We all have a morning ritual, even if we deny it. We get, wake up, we go to the bathroom, we brush our teeth, whatever that rhythm is. So start your day and add in things that you do right when you wake up. Whenever I wake up, I then go into certain patterns. My day normally starts with doing a little bit of research for a podcast idea, recording that podcast. Sometimes I record two podcasts in a row to make sure that I stay ahead of schedule so that my podcast team has time to edit each episode and prepare the audio for me and it's time to write show notes for me now. They're helping me now with show notes, which I'm excited about. Having those things taken care of opens up and provides me with a lot more freedom uh, to do some really cool things. I'm actually really excited. The first show notes came out. Just I, They just sent them to me in there for the, a previous episode. And I'm excited about that. Episode 67 is the first one where I have show notes from this team. And I think it's going to be really, really, really good. I'm going to use it to do some amazing things, but I don't want to get off track. So in the morning ritual, right, I have the things that I need to do. If I don't record my podcast episode at five in the morning, if I don't record right now, I don't record later in the day. I know that about myself. As much as I seem like I'm a very disciplined person, I'm actually not. I'm very, very, very bad. Now, it took a long time to get where I am, and I'm at a point where my sense of self is different than everyone else's. I was talking to one of my friends, Jesse, Another big author runs a big publishing company. We're doing some really amazing stuff together. Running an amazing contest starting in January, and we're hosting a big live event in March in America. So if you want to see me in person, that's the next time I'll be speaking live. It might be the only live event I do in 2017. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll end up doing two, but I very rarely leave my island. And I was telling him, oh, this morning was such a waste. I didn't get very much done. I'd been working for two or three hours and only doing 50% of my attention, but I'd edited a new rough draft for my new book, my 20K book, my 20K in a day book about writing fast. I edited 7,000 words in three hours in the rewrite. Now, I need to go through another pass because this was really taking the total rough transcript, the auto transcript of what I spoke and turning it into usable text. And he was just reminding me that my definition of not getting anything done is what most people would love to get 7,000 fresh words done in a day. I just happen to know that it's going to take me several more days to edit my way through this entire book. That's okay, but it's just a reminder that I do have good structure in my life. I just always want to do better. Having a set system in the order in which you do things is very important. I have my morning ritual the way I start my day, and I know that if I slip in certain ways, I'll fall into bad habits, so I have specific patterns. I stop for lunch, because otherwise sometimes I'll work through lunch and then I'll start feeling sick. If I don't specifically stop at 3 p.m., I'll continue to work through the day and that'll throw me off and I don't want to work 12 or 14 hour days. I don't need to. I work that long not because I have to but because I just get in the zone on my work. These 
patterns we build are very helpful, but at the same time, we can push ourselves too far if we get really locked into work. So as you're developing your morning ritual, as you're developing the way you start your days, set up systems as well so that you know when your breaks are coming. I've talked before and I talk about in 20K again, the Pomodoro technique where you can break up your day into different blocks. And there's a lot of different schools of thoughts on Pomodoro. Some people say do 25 minutes of work, five minute break. Some people say 20 minute, 20 minute block, 20 minute break. You can try different time blocks and see if that works for you. That really doesn't work for me because my tasks aren't that linear. Maybe I should try it because I talk about it so much and maybe I should actually try it again and see if now that I'm more disciplined it'll be really good. But I start every day and check my email first thing in the morning. I do all my email and Skype, all of my coaching conversations. So I don't really work on my own stuff until I finish talking to all of my coaching clients. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and it's two or three hours of talking to coaching clients. It's all about getting them prepared, answering all their questions. 99% of the time it's putting them to the right videos they need to watch that we can then discuss and give them lots of guidance, it's reading rough drafts, all of that stuff. Sometimes it takes three hours of the morning and sometimes it just takes 20 minutes. I check all my emails and then I don't check email again for 24 hours. It's very important to control your communication habits. If you let email take over your life, it can become a big distraction and can destroy the effectiveness of your entire day. If you leave your email account open or you have email connected to your phone, you're going bing, 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 and it really distracts you and it destroys your morning effectiveness. So having the way you start your day in a specific pattern really creates a path for success. So as much as people talk about the habits they do, it's more about the habits we don't do. So developing the habit of checking your email once a day is really developing the habit of not checking your email 24 more times a day. Setting these systems in place is very important. You'll also discover there are distractions for you. For me, some of my distractions are video games. Some of my distractions are reading websites, uh, news websites. Some of my distractions are a few things like that, are watching movies or television shows. These distractions for me have started to fade away as television and movie quality has really diminished. It's, it's not as tempting to watch a movie when you know it's not gonna be good. But for each of these things, I use my distractions as part of my reward system. Okay, I wanna watch this movie, I'll watch it during my lunch break. Just putting a little bit of infrastructure in place will help you develop these successful morning habits and develop your morning ritual. And again, for me, the idea of the morning ritual is more about what you remove from your morning rather than what you add to it. Once you strip away all your distractions, you'll find it's very easy. One of the very common distractions, and this is something that I'm lucky doesn't pull me in too much and it's not possible to do here, but people will get up in the morning, they turn on their uh, favorite morning news program or their favorite morning show. I used to listen to a very popular radio show in America uh, that was three or four hours long. And you can get pulled into these very long radio shows. Those shows are designed for people to listen to whenever their commute is. Some people, especially because they are nationwide. So people in New York are getting up at 7 a.m., but people in L.A. aren't getting up for three more hours. That's why these shows are four hours long. They're trying to catch all three time zones in America. But it's very easy for me. It's very easy for you. You start watching this morning show, and you're like, just one more segment. And it's so long, it can eat up your entire morning. Suddenly you look at the clock, and instead of 7 a.m., it's 11 a.m. And this can happen whatever time of day it is. So the first thing I recommend, the first, first really powerful way to improve your morning ritual is to cut the cord. I recommend not having cable television big time. If you look at the cost of cable television and how much of it you watch, you can actually buy all the shows you want for far less. You can subscribe to Hulu and Netflix, get all the shows that are from a season ago, and instead of paying $80 a month, you're paying eight. Save a massive amount of money and it really helps you with focus because when you're watching shows that you've downloaded or that are on a DVD, there's a beginning and an end. 
the thing I hate about television the most is that there's no beginning and no end. You can turn on the television 24 hours a day, and all you have to do is push up or down, and it continues to have stuff. Same with the radio. I actually am more easily distracted by radio shows and podcasts now that can mess up my rhythm. So part of it is noticing, oh my gosh, this is I enjoy this too much. It's affecting my work. So as you look at these different habits you have, start to slowly remove them. Say, you know what? I really like this show, but I have to be strict. I'm gonna give myself 20 minutes every morning. Or even better, the next level is to say, I'm gonna wait until it's a download that I can watch it later. Now you might be saying, oh, I've got a DVR set up, and that's great, that's fine. The problem with the DVR setup is you're still have cable right there. You can easily flip back. And with a DVR, we end up just trying to fill it, and we have hundreds of hours of entertainment, so we can create the same problem. I'm not totally against the DVR. I definitely think it's better than watching live television. But again, they're constantly changing the technology to try and slip in more and more commercials. The good thing about downloading, even if you download your show from iTunes for one, two, three dollars an episode, it still ends up being cheaper than if you were to watch television live and pay for your monthly cable bill. Your monthly cable bill is so inflated with channels you probably don't even watch. Almost every single person with a cable connection in America, $15 of your cable bill, it goes for ESPN. Are you watching $15 worth of ESPN a month? Probably not. You might be, in which case it's a great value for you, but for most people, it's actually a really egregious and unnecessary channel. They rarely show sports. I mean, how much talking about sports do you enjoy? Very few people actually turn to ESPN for the sports stuff anymore because it's become far more political than it is sportsy. And you know, you don't watch very many live games on it. It's not like you watch football games or basketball games. ESPN shows very few of those. They're more and more they're on the big channels. So unless you want to watch the lacrosse nationals or the paintball nationals, both of which I have personally watched on ESPN in the past, think about what you're actually paying for. And if it's giving you value or taking away, sometimes the things we spend the most money are actually terrible for us. So controlling your TV habit, controlling your morning habit, removing the things that are too distracting. If you need to do something in the morning, if you need music or a talk show while you're in the bathroom doing your morning ritual, going to the bathroom, taking your shower, all of that stuff, replace the radio show you've listened to in the past with a podcast. The reason I say that is not because I have a podcast that, and I'm not actually recommending listening to me, even though that's obviously flattering, but a podcast will have a fixed time. Most podcasts are 20 minutes long. Now there are some that are like one, two, three hours. I don't listen to those very much because it's a big commitment again, or you gotta chop them up into pieces, but you find one that you like, that kind of fits the rhythm and it's the length that works for you. That way the episode ends after 20, 30 minutes and it's time for you to start your day. This will prevent you from going down the path of listening too long or going, oh wait, let me just see how this ends. We always wanna see the ending. If the opening loops, if the nested loops are too strong, we feel this huge urge that we have to finish the show. We have to finish the story to see how it completes. So we wanna be sure we don't get pulled into anything that has strong open loops. My current favorite show right now, as far as a non-reality TV, and when I say reality TV, I only watch business shows where people uh, invest money in companies and then something happens. So when I say reality TV, I don't mean watching people live in their house or that type of show, or even, I don't even watch those shows where people have to survive on a desert island. What I watch is uh, business reality shows, you know, which are definitely, there's definitely a scripted element because they pretend it's live, but then they watch the guy walk up to the front door of the house and there's already a camera inside the house. So the live element's obviously not totally real because the camera ain't got in the house first. So I watch those shows knowing they're slightly scripted, but they're a little bit reality-based. But then for dramas, I like the show. Hopefully, if you watch this in the future, it'll still be on, or I'll sound like an idiot called um, Designated Survivor. But it's an intense 
drama show. It's very intense. It's a very intense premise. Of course, it's the same guy that was the main star of 24, so they're great at hooking you with these really intense cliffhangers at the end of each episode, which is probably the best thing to watch for because being able to write cliffhangers is very important in this business. But I watched the show, but I've only watched three episodes. And by now, there have probably been seven, eight, ten. I don't know. There's been a bunch. And I, I, I have them, but I have to be ready to watch it. I'm like, this is going to be an emotional journey for me if I watch this episode. It's going to take all of my engagement. I know it's not something I can watch on the side while I'm working on something else. I mostly watch television while I'm doing graphics. That's the other habit that's very important. If you need secondary entertainment and because of my I don't want to say ADD because I think that's a little bit you know that's a diagnosis which I don't have but when I went to the doctor you know I did ask about it one time and I'm very much a person who gets multitasky or can likes to be entertained in multiple plays at, ways at once I'm the kind of person that likes to play a video game while watching a movie and then have a magazine in my lap to read while I'm in between levels so that's the level of engagement I require. I very rarely play a video game without at least having a radio show on. So I'm getting at least two levels of input. I know what I can and can't do. If I'm listening to anything with talking, there's a certain level of work that I can't accomplish. I can't write a book while a movie's on. Impossible. Not a million years could I ever accomplish that. And so learning your balance, learning the things you can and can't do is very important. So for me, I can watch some TV shows while I'm doing graphics because it's not word intensive. It's just moving things around and stuff like that. But if the show's too engaging, I know that shows that have a certain level of engagement that are too high and I'll keep looking at it, then I can't do it. So learning the shows and learning how you interact with your entertainment is very important. For example, playing a video game, most video games you're playing your PlayStation, your Xbox, something like that, it's very heavily engagement. You can't do two things at the same time. I can't use my hands for something else. I can't write a book and play a video game. I can't dictate and play a video game. I would love to do this podcast while playing a video game, but that would never be effective. My attention isn't able to spread that wide. And I know that people talk about multitasking and how they do five or six things at once, but there have been extensive studies that show that people who multitask are actually far less effective than people who do one task at a time. So I don't try to go into full multitask mode. Instead, I try to do things in a linear fashion, do this one, then this one, then this one. So I know the level of background entertainment I can have because yeah, getting home alone by yourself all day, working six, eight, 10 hours, whatever phase you are in your business can be very boring. You need a little bit of distraction. So you might say, oh, I can listen to this radio show while I'm doing graphics. I have to listen to music while I'm doing this. And for this task, I can listen to music, but it can't have any words. There are certain tasks I can do, but the music has to have no words because even having words in the music will throw me off. Knowing your limits, knowing your rhythms will help you to establish your patterns for the day. And you can turn those elements that require a lot of your engagement into rewards. That's why I don't work on graphics every single day for hours and hours. I'm constantly restructuring my website. And recently I have been redoing a lot of the images. You may have noticed that and I added text to all of the images to make them a little more Facebook friendly. I resize them to the official Facebook recommended size as well to try and increase my social because I am working on that as one of my pushes for the end of this year and next year to put all those things in place and to do more and more Facebook advertising. And part of that is getting the graphics ready. So the website's already, the formatting's ready. As you know, I already did a massive change in the technology and a massive change in the background. So now that the structure is very strong, that the website's running faster, I want to do more and more things to increase the efficiency and increase the social shareability, increase traffic. All these things are important and it's just one piece at a time. So when I'm working on um, adding all those banners, I can watch a little bit of television on the side on my second monitor. Now I can't watch a highly engaging television show. I certainly can't watch Designated Survivor or any show that's like that engaging 
while doing these graphics. That's something that I have to watch when I'm doing nothing else. And learning that about yourself is very valuable. So learn the things that distract you in the morning. For some of us, it's not television, it's people. My kids can be very distracting. I love hanging out with my kids, okay? I know it's cliche and I never thought I'd be one of those guys, but everything I do with my kids is fun, whether it's playing with Play-Doh, which I like anyways, watching movies. My daughter right now is very into the Pink Panther, which I think is a great cartoon. I'm very much trying to raise my kids on classic cartoons rather than modern cartoons. Because at least with classic cartoons, you know what you're gonna get. You know what's gonna happen because you've seen them all before. With modern cartoons, I just don't like to show my kids stuff that I haven't seen first or I'm not watching with them to make sure there's nothing uh, that I disagree with being taught to them. Certain shows these days like to sh you know, teach adult themes to children, I'm not into that. Now, the Pink Panther does smoke, so I forgot that. I forgot that in cartoons a long time ago, characters smoked. So that's a little bit of the trade-off, but he doesn't smoke except in like the intro part, not during the main episode, he doesn't smoke very often. And when's the last time you saw someone smoking with one of those long cigarette holders anyways? So I notice these things because I'm watching with her, but it'd be very easy for me to in the morning fire up some cartoons with my daughter and watch them all day. So now we have a rule in the house because she loves to watch movies that she can't watch movies unless it's dark outside. That's how she knows it's okay to watch movies now, it's okay to watch television with daddy. We create that structure because very much I know she could turn into me. I don't want an indoor kid. I was an indoor kid. I don't want a video game daughter. I don't want a video game son. We live on a paradise island. I want them outside as much as possible. Two days ago, I was with my daughter and my girlfriend. We were stand-up paddling and my daughter was screaming she was so afraid of the waves. Now, there weren't waves. The water was ebbing and flowing, but where we live is a major surf island. So if there's no break, if there's no noise, it's not a real wave. The waves were like, I don't know, two inches, three inches, like the water was just rippling. And she was afraid and I realized that we hadn't been paying enough attention or nanny and the other people hadn't been taking her outside enough. She hasn't been swimming enough because she's a very strong swimmer. If this fear is coming up, it's a sign that one of our structures is weakened. So just as much as we set up structures for our children, we should set up structures for ourselves, And that's the same thing I do. I have rules for myself and I have similar rules for my children. To circle back, setting up rules for good and bad things is very important. Setting up times when you can enjoy yourself and relax and setting up systems for staying motivated are important. What I really want you to focus on as you're developing your morning ritual is not adding in a specific order of things to your morning. It's very hard to work that way. Instead, we want to replace our bad habits with better ones. If I told you stop watching TV in the morning and offered no replacement, it would be very hard because your habit system is your quitting habit system isn't as strong as your starting habit system. So replacing a four-hour TV show with a 20 or 30-minute podcast, you know, replacing those long morning shows with something short, sweet, and with a fixed end is a great way to replace the habit. It's much more effective than stopping a habit. Replacing your bad habits with effective ones. Replacing your morning, you know, talking to your neighbor for an hour, getting distracted with yoga for 20 minutes. And again, I don't like doing anything that's like an hour long. I don't have the patience for an hour long yoga DVD like I used to. One of the things that I very much avoid is talking to my neighbors too much because everyone here is on vacation. So if I start talking to a neighbor, it often turns into a very long conversation and it becomes too much time that I'm wasting. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to this person for 40 minutes. How do I eject from this conversation? I want to get back to work. If I'm not working. I want to be doing something that I really like, either hanging out with my kids or surfing or doing something in the water, something like that. So I have these this hierarchy of what I want to be doing in the two charts, really. The things I really enjoy is one chart, entertainment chart. Things I need to do for my business is the business chart. When I go off script, it's not an effective use of my time. As much as I enjoy chatting to people, and I did that for a very long time, I think about the effectiveness. Is this conversation gonna take too long? 
sometimes it's the same thing. You call a family member, you get stuck on the phone for four hours. We want to avoid and break through these things that slow us down. If you have someone in your life, whenever you talk to them, it's a long conversation, move it from every day to once a week. The conversation will be more efficient, more effective, and you'll get more of your life back. It's hard to say these things. I don't want to tell you to stop being friends with people because that's insanity. That's too much and it's too hard to do and there's a ton of negative reasons about it even if there might be a long-term positive but I don't really like recommending that but instead start to control and structure your conversations this will allow you to free up more time instead of worrying so much about the perfect morning ritual just focus on the tasks that you do in an order when you wake up so when you wake up you go to the bathroom you brush your teeth you have breakfast after a certain amount of time I as I said, I always record my podcast first thing because I know if I try and do it later, I won't do it. I always do my email first, not because I think it's the best time to check my email. It's probably not. I'm checking my email at like 6 p.m. American time. So when I reply to people, most people think I didn't email for a day or day and a half. But it's the best time for me because the rest of the day is a worse time. If I try to check my email at lunchtime, it will be a distraction. I don't want it to mess up my other flows. I like to do it and get it out of the way. I often don't even want to open my email in the morning, to be honest with you. Some mornings I go, well, I don't want to open it. What if I have a long email or what if there's a customer complaint? I haven't gotten a customer complaint in a really long time, but I still have that fear. Or what if it's like a, a big problem? I got an email yesterday from someone who was asked if I had, was ignoring her and I wasn't. It's just, I check my email once a day and I try to let everyone know that and I thought I'd reply to her last email. Maybe I hadn't and just thought I had. Sometimes, you know, there's a little bit of a miscommunication, but I never want that to happen to anyone. So, you know, but it's like, oh man, it's a negative email. A little bit. I had to like say, no, this is what happened. I'm sorry if I didn't reply to your last email. I thought I did. Uh, sometimes I just don't always have the right solution for everyone. In this case, it was simply, uh, you know, she wanted something and I said, oh, if you want to do that, instead of trying to do with me, I actually, I recommended a place where it would be more profitable for her. She wanted to be a book editor and she had a very high price point. I said, there are people here, here's where you can find customers and clients at a good price point. That would be a really good fit for what you do. And it wasn't me trying to say, I don't want to work with you. It was more me saying, I think that you can make more money working in this way and trying to give that kind of advice. I'm always trying to help people make as much money as they can. And so uh, there was a little bit of a miscommunication and these things happen, but I don't want that email to be in the middle of my day. So I, get, I do email in the morning to get it done with, not because I look forward to it, not because I enjoy it, I actually dread it. Even though I rarely have bad emails. I don't, I don't know why I dread it so much. I just do. So sometimes I have to sit there and say, no, Jonathan, just push the button. Just open up Thunderbird. Read that email. So these are the beginnings of my morning ritual. This is how I design my morning. And you should design your morning in the same way. Remove the things that don't work. Replace those bad habits with things that are a little bit better. Turn them into rewards. Control how you spend your time. And this is how you can develop a morning ritual and the habit of success. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Serve No Master podcast. Email your questions to podcast at servenomaster.com and your question with my answer might appear in the next episode.